I'm Kyle Bennett. And I'm Alex Jawalski. And this is the Views from the Press Box podcast presented by the Cumberland Times News. Uh, it's episode number 18, once again, coming from you live at 19 Baltimore Street. Um, pretty much uh, docket for the show today is pretty much just football. Um, soccer is winding down here. West Virginia playoffs uh, underway and uh, Maryland playoffs set to begin next week and a little bit of basketball at the very end of the show. Um, so let's uh, first just kind of run down through last week's results. Um, I guess we can start with the game I covered Friday night, Allegheny at Kaiser, um, with Allegheny winning 19-16. to 16. Um, You know, Allegheny's been, I talked to Coach Hanswack for the game, that, um, that Allegheny's always been pretty progressive, I feel like, in the kicking game with, as far as having someone who can actually, you can rely upon to kick mm-hmm. field goals. And yeah, some teams, you know, it's just like, who wants to do it? Right. Yeah, you have to kind of like beg kids and, and, you know. Basically kicking PATs and then, you know, maybe a chip shot. Chip shot. But otherwise, there, I mean, there are teams in, in the area that, that barely kicked a field goal this year. Yeah. Blake yeah. has what, uh, Blake Powell's eight now, I think, on the year. I think, uh, I Something think like that, that sounds right. Like yeah. way and above the most in the area. Yeah. So uh, so this game here, um, it, it was it was a weird game. I mean, it, it was... Allegheny marched down, kicked a field goal, and then Kaiser went down, I mean, just in the field in an instant. And I want to say they had a fourth and one at, uh, at like, the two. They had a fourth and two at the three. And this was after, like, a 53-yard pass, an 11-yard run that got them down to the 11. And then it, it was just in very quick time, too, within about three minutes. And they settled for a field goal. And I guess I kind of get it. It's early in the game. You match the points um, after Powell opened the game with a field goal. But it just, at the time, it felt kind of weird because it, it felt like a move that Kaiser would make that they would go for just because mm-hmm. they went down the field so quickly. Um, and then, uh, so they make the field goal, tie it. The next drive, really long drive by Allegheny, uh, like, I don't know, 15 plays. And... They try another field goal, and the Kaiser rush kind of forces them to kind of hurry the field goal. They miss it. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, we'll say uh, you know, Allegheny's kicking game seems like, at least with blocking, I want to say I want to say one got blocked in a game I covered. It might have been Albert Gallatin. Someone burst through the line and blocked it. Hollidaysburg, uh, PAT got blocked. So... That seems like it might be a reoccurring theme this year for them. Yeah, and uh, like three plays later, Kaiser turned it back over with a fumble. And this is without mentioning that on Kaiser fumbled the opening kickoff and gave it to Allegheny. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, it was basically like Allegheny. They won the toss and deferred, and it was just like they, you Bas- know. They got two possessions, basically. Right. Started the game and halftime. But then also right after halftime, uh, Allegheny fumbled on their first place from scratch so. and turned it over. So ball don't lie, I guess. <laughs> but um, so Kaiser ended up taking a 9-3 lead in halftime and eventually led uh, 16-3. to And the week prior, we mentioned it last week against John Marshall, they were tied at 14 and allowed a 16-0 run to end the game. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did here. Um, after Josh Shoemaker's touchdown early in the third, Allegheny marched down, scored on an eight-yard run by Caden Bratton. Um, and then later in the game, Brody Williams scored uh, on a run 
and then um, the fourth quarter was just it was it was strange. Like after Williams' touchdown to tie the game, um, Kaiser went on a drive that lasted fifty four seconds. Allegheny went on a drive that lasted one minute. Kaiser went on a drive that lasted a little longer, minute and forty ish. Um, and then, you know, Allegheny is kind of pinned at the three after a punt, and it's third and eight. Uh, Williams hits Isaiah Field on a slant. He mar- he goes all the way down to the Kaiser 25. Allegheny's called for a penalty, five players in the backfield. They bring it back, and Coach Hansel dials up pretty much the same play, but on the opposite side, where Williams hits uh, Jacob Salonish for 11 yards just past the sticks, keeps the, uh, keeps the sticks moving. And they march down. Powell kicks a 29-yard field goal. And one thing I forgot to mention in my story, because I I didn't catch the reasoning at the end of the game, and that's really a poor job as on me as a reporter, but um, there was .4 seconds left on the clock when Powell kicked it, which I couldn't figure out how there could possibly be .4 seconds, because there was like 2.4. Mm-hmm. And it was a 29-yard field goal. I just find it hard to believe that, two seconds went off the clock during that field goal try. Like, that just doesn't, I don't know, that doesn't make any sense to me. But nonetheless, they come over, the ref come over the uh, PA system or whatever and and said that the game was over, and I don't really know why. I don't know if it was that their time on the field, if they had that, if it was different. I have no idea, but. I, I, watching the broadcast in Moorfield, because my game was, Horrible, forty-three nothing. I mean, it was as expected, but um, so I'm watching it on my phone, the the Kaiser Allegheny game, and uh, it sounded like they said because there was point four seconds left by rule, the game is over. Something. That's what I, I thought. Know. I I so thought I heard I something if, along those lines. I don't know lines. if there's something like based on how much time was left, the game had to have been over or something. Yeah, because I, I it, it it felt like one of those basketball things when like if there's you can only get a shot off if there's more than 0.3 right. seconds left or whatever the whatever the time is. Um, so it kind of felt like one of those things because I wasn't I was just figuring you know this is the last play of the game. There's no way that 2.4 seconds don't run off the clock here. Mm-hmm. Um, whether Kaiser blocks it, he misses the field goal, he makes the field goal. Um, so I wasn't you know I was pretty much I'd shut my laptop and had my final score tweet ready. I thought that was going to be the kiss of death. Turned out it wasn't, and well, then all of a sudden the ref gets on the PA system, and it was It, it would was make sense because, you know, hometown clock operators or whatever can't, like, there's, like, a 1.5 seconds left, and then somehow only, like, a second comes off the clock or right. on a field goal. Right. You see it in basketball all the time around yeah. here. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, that was really a, it was much more of a must must win game for Kaiser than it was for Allegheny, which has everything to do with the playoff systems, right? Where, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate really how it is, but you know, it was really a must win game for Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have they have Moorfield this week, and that should be a win for them. But then, you know, they host Mountain Ridge next week. That's going to be tough. Um, and then they they travel to Frankfurt for the Mineral Bowl to close out the regular season. So. You know, once again, this will be the second season in a row, most likely, where Kaiser's game against uh, cross uh, cross county rivals Frankfurt is going to decide their playoff fate. 
you know, it was kind of the same thing last year where the winner of that game was going to get into the playoffs. Frankfurt won an OT. Kaiser obviously lost that game and did not get into the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, Kaiser right now, they're sitting at 15th in AA. So, I mean, they're still in in the playoff hunt, but, you know, they beat Moorfield. They'll probably move up a spot or two. Probably have a tough time with Mountain Ridge. So, But, I mean, even if they win the last game, it's still not guaranteed at 6-4 and four that they'll make right. the playoffs. And, I mean, the difference, too, is Frankfurt um, beat Northern this year instead of losing to them. So they have that game where they might have seven games – or seven wins, excuse me, going into the Mineral Bowl. They might mm-hmm. be sitting at 7-2 and two and, you know, have it already locked up. Right, right. Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, that's, that's really – Caden Bratton had a great game. I had him for 177 yards rushing. Uh, Thirty-three. Apparently the, apparently, the official tally is over two hundred. Yes, yeah, so I missed. I missed forty yards, but um, <laughs> thirty. Only thirty. Thirty. Yeah, but you know, nonetheless, great game by Caden. I mean, that was that was the first time I I have seen Allegheny this year, and um, you know, I thought in the first half they were a little bit sluggish, but you know, the second half I I felt they come out and really responded, and uh, aside from the fumble on the first play from scrimmage, but yeah, Caden has more than eight hundred yards now this year. He's and definitely one of the premier running backs in the area. Definitely going to be a first-team kid, if I had to imagine. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, so, let's see. Next, uh, Fort Hill, 52, Smithsburg, 0. I mean, you know. Not much to say. No. I mean, that was that that whole game pretty much went as expected. Smithsburg um, had negative yards in the first half, correct? So yeah. Pretty sure. I think they had, like, minus 32 or something like that. Yeah, not so, pretty. No. Um East Hardy 43, Moorfield 0. Anything so, similar, I mean, similar story. Not really much to say other than, uh, I mean, kind of the same game. East Hardy didn't give up a first down in the, in the entire first half wow. to Moorfield. Mason Miller, their quarterback, scored four more touchdowns, as he does. He has 30 this year through seven games. So that kid, I mean, he's, he might score 50 touchdowns this year at this rate. But other than that, I mean, nothing really to say. Uh, next up, Petersburg 49, Mountain View 0. That was a game that both of us, you know, was pretty much like Petersburg, that's their get-right game. You know, against yeah, a team Mountain who View isn't very good. 41 loss streak a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's a game, too. I, I don't even know what happened because we didn't get stats or anything, but I assume they probably ran for like 300-something yards. Yeah, probably. Typical. Peyton Day probably had 329. Probably. Um, Tucker County 56, Southern 27. Kind of the same thing there, you know. Not Southern took an eight nothing lead. Yeah, so that is something they can at least kind of hang their hat on a little bit. That, and you know, I mean, twenty seven points for them against a, an undefeated Tucker County team. I yeah, mean, you know, East Hardy scored thirteen. So there you go. Not saying Southern would beat East Hardy, but they're four, based on that math. They're fourteen points better offensively. <laughs> Defensively, not so much. <laughs> uh, Hampshire bounced back uh, a week after losing to Grafton and. Uh, Beat Berkeley Springs 43-29, heading into Hampshire's bye week this week, which is just, it's an odd bye week, just with it being week eight. It's Only thing to say about that game is that Brennan Brinker had, like, an unusual stat line. He had two rushing touchdowns. He threw, like, a 74-yard touchdown pass, and he also had two interceptions on defense. <laughs> so really just stuffing the stat sheet. It was like a <laughs> triple-double for a uh, running back. Uh, and last one is the final game of last week. Uh, top-ranked Mountain Ridge uh, continuing their uh, win streak this year, uh, staying undefeated, traveling to Northern, winning 56-13. to um, This was one I was kind of curious how Mountain Ridge was going to 
come out because obviously the week before they'd beaten Fort Hill and you know it's just one of those things where like Mountain Ridge last time they beat Fort Hill they didn't play again until the fall so because mm. Allegheny yeah. and Fort Hill played the following week I think I'm pretty sure that's how that yep. went um, you know so they I was just very curious I, I I didn't really think that Mountain Ridge was going to lose this game at all, and you know they, they made it pretty obvious early on that they weren't. But I could have seen them like coming out a little slow, or right. you know making some maybe they don't score the first drive or something like that. Right. But you know obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah, and that was kind of yeah that was kind of what I expected, and that that just didn't happen. Um, you know they had the running clock going by the end of the third quarter, and you know pretty much took care of business there. Um, they very much offensively kind of taken kind of the same script as last year where, you know, they start Jaden Lee in the slot to start the year and then they move him to the backfield and, you know, now they're, I mean, they're rushing, their running game is just phenomenal right now. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that um, at this point last year, Jaden Lee only had like 500-something rushing yards. So it, it really was a similar, you know, similar mold of, of last year. Yeah, so he, he ran for 177. That was kind of odd that I had 177 yard running backs in games back to back but uh, Mountain Ridge had almost 500 yards of offense and you know the defense looked good this is the th it was the third straight game that Mountain Ridge didn't turn the ball over um, they have gone without a fumble in four games without a lost fumble hmm. for the last four games and without a pick in the last three so they only have four is it four turnovers all year I think so which, I mean, it's just yeah. pretty incredible through seven games when you're a, a team that does throw, you know, put the ball in the air. Yeah, yeah. I think they had 20 passes last week, if I'm not mistaken. I think they went 15 to 20. Um, you know, so everything everything in, in Frostburg is kind of firing on all cylinders at the moment. Um, you know, and, and Coach Ryan Patterson is, is pretty, pretty pleased with where they're at and where they're heading, but, you know, he, he understands that, you know, neither one of these – Final two games or uh, automatic wins or anything like that. So, especially with you know two weeks from now, uh, Kaiser. I mean, potentially it could really be a must-win game for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you know that's one more week where the uh, West Virginia playoff system really kind of gets a little bit bit more clarity because yeah. th those bonus points just kind of have a way of coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So, um, so this week's poll then. Um, the only changes from last week are uh, Allegheny and Kaiser switching places. So Mountain Ridge stays at the top. Uh, Fort Hill at number two. Frankfurt at number three, who was on a bye last week. Uh, Allegheny leapfrogs Kaiser up to number four. And Kaiser at number five with East Hardy receiving one vote. Um, so this week's games, it's <laughs> after I typed it out, the slate's not very good. Just putting that, put it that way. There's, um, a, there's a couple good games. There are, there are. Um, only a couple. But only a couple. But uh, first up that I, I have is 1-6 uh, and six Clear Spring at 6-1 and one Petersburg. This is, again, another game that, you know, Petersburg should win by, you know, somewhere in the 40s at least. Yeah. I, I mean, last year, Petersburg won, uh, they won by 18. It was 34-16. Clear Spring has a 2-1 uh, advantage in the head-to-head -head all time. But... I don't know when those games occurred. That could have been like 30 years ago or something. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how bad. I don't think Clear Spring is like bad, bad. Mm -hmm. They beat Trinity uh, Christian last year, or last week, I should say, uh, at 44-31. And Trinity, uh, I think they're a borderline playoff team in Class A, generally, in football, or at least the last couple of years they have been. So, you know, decent win. And, I mean, it's hard to tell, too, what the strength of Class A football is compared to yeah. Maryland, especially when, you know, Northern beats uh, Petersburg 49-20. Yeah. And Northern, I mean, Northern is Northern, but, you know, it's still, if you, we said this before, you know, you put Northern in Class A in West Virginia and they might, you know, be a state title contender. Really. Yeah, they really could be. Um, so it's hard to tell, you know, just basing, you know, the, the lowest class in Maryland and West Virginia. But you'd still, uh, Petersburg's obviously like a, probably I'd say like a three-score, three-touchdown favorite. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I'd, I'd probably put it there. Something I forgot to mention when I talked to Jeff earlier was uh, that before the Kaiser Allegheny game, uh, Troy Ravenscroft asked me who I thought the who my pick was in that game, and I said, "Well, I said I think I would." I, I specified that I hadn't seen either team this year, either team in person at least. I'd seen some NFHS stuff and whatnot, but so you hadn't seen them at all. Basically. I hadn't seen them at all. Ba pretty much. Basing on the fact that NFHS is horrible. Yeah. So. You saw blurry outlines of some players. Yes, I couldn't tell who was who. I could tell who Brody Williams was, and that's about it, just because <laughs> Brody's a quarterback. Um, and I said I, I would, I'd probably take Allegheny by three, or I didn't say by three. I don't know why I said that. Um, I said I would, I'd give the edge to Allegheny, but it, it wouldn't be a close game. And he said that uh, he thinks he would set the line probably at Allegheny, I think he said plus three and a half, I think, so... Um, if you put your money on Kaiser, you came out a winner. There so, you go. Um, so next up uh, that I have is uh, Southern hitting the road to take on Smithsburg this week. And I guess, I mean, looking at the records, could have some playoff implications to some degree. For Smithsburg? Right. I, like Southern's 1-6, and six, Smithsburg's 2-5. and five. I mean, Smithsburg has an outside chance of getting the four seed. Right, really. right. You know, depending on what Northern does the rest of the way. Right. So but I'm just saying, if Southern wins, they're both two and six. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, and let's say that you know Smithsburg does win and Northern doesn't beat Allegheny, then they're both three and five, Smithsburg yeah. and Northern. So, I mean, in our neck of the woods, there are some playoff implications. Right. But you know, just who gets to go to, you know, Fort Hill or who gets to go to Allegheny or you know, just that. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, in this regard, I guess if Southern gets the five seed, they would, yeah, they would go to Allegheny or Northern. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really have a ton to say about that game. Nothing really at all, other than what I've already said. <laughs> it's at Smithsburg, right? Yes, it is. So, I think, I mean, and it's on Thursday, I believe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, actually, the game has already happened by now. So Smithsburg has some wing tee experience, but, I mean, they haven't done well with that experience. Mm-hmm. It's always fun with the uh, high grass at Smithsburg, so I'm sure Southern will enjoy that. Uh, next up is uh, four and three Kaiser taking uh, hitting the road to take one two and five Moorefield, um, and this is a, this is again this is a game that Kaiser has to win. I mean they they should win, and I mean if if they can't come out and win this game, I mean they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Right? Let's yeah. Be real. Yeah. That's exactly that's exactly where it is. So. Yeah, I mean, Moorfield, I mean, they have some pieces for sure. 
you know, uh, Landis, the running back. I mean, he is legit. You know, he, he had a, a few uh, slow weeks the last, like, three weeks. I don't even think he had 100 yards the, the previous three weeks combined before playing New Starty, but he had, like, 80 yards in that game. And, you know, he definitely showed that he's capable. I think a lot of it's just blocking and execution. You know, Mornfield had a lot of uh, pre-snap penalties and, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. So, I mean, if they're struggling on the line, which they are very young, they have, uh, I think, four underclassmen on the line, that's, I mean, a bad recipe against Kaiser. So, you know, but I, that's definitely a game where Kaiser has to win. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely have to. So, um, next up is 6-1 uh, East Hardy hosting 3-4 and four Pendleton. Um, a game that became good somehow. Yeah. Pendleton started 0-3, I believe, one four straight. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I mean, Pendleton also, I think they had a bad year last year as well. So, you know. Surprising turnaround from them, and East Hardy has, I don't know, I don't know how to put this. East Hardy is uh, good, they have a lot of talent everywhere, but I feel like there's just something missing offensively where, you know, they're just not clicking 100%. Part of, I think a lot of that is that they're uh, possibly their best offensive player, Dawson Price, who led the area in receiving uh, yards last year, had 1,200 He's been hurt the last three weeks. He hasn't caught a pass, I, I don't believe, in those weeks. He's just so, out there running decoy routes. Yeah. I mean, last week uh, against Moorfield, that was his first uh, game action in three weeks before that. And he didn't even do I mean, he just ran routes, basically. He just wanted to play in the Hardy Bowl uh, his senior year. So, you know, that I, that could be a good game. But I expect, you know, especially with Petersburg beating up on Pendleton County earlier this year, you know, I expect East Hardy to win by probably three touchdowns. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, next up, we have 6-1 uh, and one Frankfurt coming off their bye, uh, hosting 1-6 and six Elkins. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, this is, again, a game that Frankfurt kind of has to win. Just And I know. think they will. Yeah. <laughs> a lot I, of, I think a lot of points are going to be scored. Yeah. But and, only and by one of the teams. Yeah, probably probably not too many by Elkins, if any at all. Yeah, Frankfurt um, beat Elkins uh, 53-0 up there last year, I want to say. Yeah. Or so. maybe it was in, maybe it was in, was it a home game? Cause I know yeah, they, it was, yeah, because this switched, was supposed right. to be, this was supposed to be at Elkins. Right, and they switched yeah. it to yeah. Frankfurt. Yeah, so, you know, it, I expect a big one from Whitey and the boys here. I'd say the over-under is just how many, how much rushing yards Frankfurt picks up. I'd say, like, they might get 400, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is 7-0 Mountain Ridge hitting the road to take on 5-2 and Williamsport, who apparently is without their quarterback for the past two weeks. Yeah, Eli Fleming, their starting quarterback. They haven't had him uh, in a couple weeks. And they lost, uh, they lost two weeks ago to... Um, I believe it was North Hagerstown in overtime. They bounced back beating South Hagerstown. Both games were defensive battles, presumably because, you know, they don't have the services of their quarterback. And they've, you know, kind of molded into a run-first team, it appears, which, you know, if you're not able to throw the ball against Mountain Ridge, I mean, that's it's going to be a long night. For yeah. Them. So, yeah. you know, you need to be able to keep them honest and – you know, move the ball into a variety of ways. So if you have an inexperienced quarterback, run first quarterback, and you can't move the ball in the air, then, you know, I, th- I feel like that's going to be a big detriment to them offensively. Defensively, I mean, they might hold their own against Mountain Ridge, but, you know, it's only, you can only do it for so long. Yeah, yeah. So 
yeah, it is one of those that, you know, you, you can't really play a bend but don't break defense against Mountain Ridge. I mean, Fort Hill has been this team, this program that, you know, we've, it's always said, you know, you kind of have to have the perfect game to beat them. But Mountain Ridge is pretty much becoming that team where, you know, Mountain Ridge is just going to keep, you might stop them once, you might stop them twice, but they're just going to keep coming back, swinging, giving you their best punch. And there's not going to be no overlooking, you know, Williamsport where, you know, in Frostburg last year was, a, was I believe Williamsport was winning after the first quarter. I think, so. yeah, so, they were, yep. You know, it was a, at least middle of the second quarter. I think by halftime it was still a game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's a team that, I mean, they're not going to get overlooked. And um, so I expect Mountain Ridge to, to be focused. Because, I mean, they're, they are trying to lock up the number one seed, you know, host. A, I mean, even if they're number two, they'll still host a game through the right. state title. But nonetheless, you still want to be the number one seed and, you know, avoid playing potentially Allegheny again. Yeah, yeah and you don't want to. You don't want to risk potentially heading on, you know, on the road in a state semifinal game or anything like that, yep. um, just based on how the points might shake out. And I guess just other things to note about Mountain Ridge, they are uh, also num- number 19 this week in the uh, Maryland State Media Poll, one spot ahead of Fort Hill. So they moved up, what, two spots? Went to uh, 21 last week? They were 21 last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I want to say Douglas lost last year, or last week, who, I think they were, were they the 2A state champs last year? I can't remember. I think so. Maybe it was like 2A. Is there a 2A, 3A? There is 2A, 3A. I think it might have been that. I don't know, though, because they were in 1A recently. It's a different Douglas. Oh, 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 the other one in uh, PG County. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know. I don't even know why I know that that they lost in the (laughs) count, to be honest, but I have no life. (laughs) So, uh, last game from Friday... Will be and by the way, Alex will be at the uh, Mountain Ridge Williamsport game. So if you want to follow him on Twitter, you can do the update or get the updates from there. And uh, Jordan is going to head to Frankfurt. Um, and the last game uh, of Friday night is three and four Northern hitting the road to take on five and two Allegheny down here at Greenway. Um, you know this is Allegheny's kind of flying high. You know they've won four in a row now um, after a one and two start, and you know we kind of joked about it last week about not asking about the opponents or anything like that. But, you know, regardless, they won, you know, pretty much all those games in pretty overwhelming fashion. And, um, you know, this is a game last week that Coach Hansel said against Kaiser that if Allegheny's going to win, they have to win the battle in the trenches. And, you know, it kind of feels that way against Northern as well, that, you know, if they get if they get overmatched there, Northern does have enough skill that, you know, they could come out of there with a win tomorrow. I mean, I, I expect Allegheny to win just personally, but um, I don't know. I mean, Northern Northern showed enough flashes against uh, Mountain Ridge and just kind of know what I know about Phil Carr and the programs that he runs. He said after the game Saturday that he just didn't really say anything after the game, and that he said that should be enough for the kids to understand, like, yeah, we really, you know, got our butts handed to us. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't even as much to do with Mountain Ridge as it was with Northern. Like there was just there was a sequence in the third quarter, I wanna say, where Jaden Lee scored a touchdown to get the, the running clock moving and then Northern fumbled and turned it over on their first play from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Mountain Ridge scored a touchdown on the very next play and then Northern fumbled and turned it over on the the ensuing kickoff. So, it's not good. Yeah, I told Trevor 
at, at that time, I said, Phil will be more mad about this sequence than the previous, you know, because by then it was 42 to 6 or something like that. So, you know, the I mean, when, game, you're, when you're playing that kind of style, too, you can't turn the ball over. Right, exactly. I mean, the whole point is, you know, possession, yeah. football, and, you know, moving the ball in incrementally, wearing down the defense. Yeah. You know, if you're coughing up the ball, keeping your defense on the field, three straight possessions, that's, I mean, that's just not how you're going to win. Right. And, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was impressed with how much uh, Northern threw the ball last week, which is hilarious to say when I tell you that they only threw the ball seven times. But It looked good, though, seven um, times. It did. Or, wait, no, I think that was Kaiser. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I don't have it here in front of me. But um, nonetheless, though, I mean, they, you know, they were – and they weren't, like – they weren't slinging it down the field or anything like that. But um, – you know, just kind of dink and dunk type stuff to Ethan Seabold out of the backfield mm-hmm. and Kellen Heinball and, um, you know, so. I mean, it's kind of like what Fort Hill's trying to do where, you know, there's other ways to get athletes in space. Right, exactly, exactly. Especially against a team where, you know, Northern does not win in the trenches against Mountain Bridge. So right. you have to find a way to get, you know, create angles and, and yeah. get guys in space. Yeah, and, you know, last week uh, – that was one of the things with Kaiser that I was impressed with that I, I mentioned to Coach Derek Steven after the game that, um, you know, Logan Ortruck had a nice a nice night passing the ball. I think he completed his first seven passes or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were able to they were able to have some success there when they weren't able to be so successful in the run game. So, and once they found that passing game, it, you know, opened up the run game as it does at this level. So. And speaking of Northern throwing the ball, have you had a chance to see any, like, film or anything on their JV quarterback? No, I haven't. Because he actually, I, I'm, I've I heard he's legit. Yeah, I can't remember his name, so I'm a bad journalist. But he, uh, I mean, I watched just some NFHS stuff, and uh, I mean, he throws a good ball. So <laughs> maybe that'll be the northern uh, offense of the future is pass first. Maybe uh, they they take the Mountain Ridge playbook up there. You know, get, they, I think they get the Devin Orndorff East Hardy playbook <laughs> up there. Offensive. Just run the spread. They're using index cards and all that stuff on the sidelines. <laughs> It's possible. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Allegheny, uh, it looked like, at least from me watching it on Twitter or following on Twitter and watching the fourth, fourth quarter on my phone, that they, um, you know, they, they weren't perfect. You know, they, they had fumbles and they had, you know, little things that they did, that they did wrong that, you know, against, obviously they, they clutched it out at the end, in the end. But, you know, if Northern does play a perfect game, and Allegheny does kind of shoot itself in the foot a little bit, it could be a game. Yeah. It could be a tight game. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I remarked to Coach Hansel after the game that um, it, it seems like every time that I see Brody Williams play, he gets some kind of injury and just plays through it. Yeah. And that was what happened at Kaiser. It was, I think, in the first quarter, he had a, a decent run up the right side, gets out of bounds, and goes to leap up over the uh, Kaiser bench with no one was sitting seated on it, but mm-hmm. um, goes a leap up over the bench and just kind of like comes down awkwardly. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of see him like kind of limping as he goes, you know, back to the huddle and then, you know, doesn't, well, maybe it does impact his play. I don't know, but you wouldn't, you couldn't tell from the press box um, for the rest of the half. And then second half, they go down there and they're, you know, running some sprints to kind of warm up and he's kind of limping around. And it just as the game went on, you can see like the limp from the sideline to the huddle 
you know, just kind of got more and more noticeable as the game went on. So that'll be something to watch in Northern. You know, if he isn't 100%, that's another, you know, I guess, opening for Northern to, yeah. to make it a game. Yeah. You know, and that's – I was surprised. I mean, they going back to the Kaiser game, he, you know, he was still playing safety. You know, you, th- uh, you would think that Northern one – or that, excuse me, Kaiser would maybe try to, like, exploit the fact that he isn't 100%. Right. Over the middle of the field. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe – I mean, their one touchdown pass, that is kind of – What they were trying to do. Yeah, what they, what they were trying to do because it was, like, fourth and – 12 or 13 or something like that and they just got on a post pattern he was wide open and behind the defense right right down the middle so um last game on the docket this week is uh should be an interesting one as uh fort hill takes the about two and a half hour or two hour trek uh northeast of here to uh new oxford uh fort hill at six and one new oxford at seven and one that game is saturday i believe it's at six o'clock it is at six Yes, so it is six. Um, that is a game that is allegedly going to be streamed on YouTube as well. So if uh, that'll be our coverage, yeah, that will be our coverage. We uh, we will not be attending. I so. might be able to convince my sister's fiance to go and take pictures, but we'll see. So this is it's after we uh, you know kind of talked about going on the road to cover the games this year, but. And that not happening this week, but there's just a, there's a lot going on right now. This this Greenway tab is coming. Well, maybe going to happen, and that's going to be you know a ton of work. Regardless, the stories if if we don't so the the Glory Greenway tab that we did last year um, that it'll come out if we award winning award winning that's right award winning first place award winning Glory Greenway tab. Um, so it's just kind of up in the air if it is or isn't going to happen. But regardless, we will have some stories that if it, if it doesn't happen, that the stories will come out throughout the week um, leading into homecoming the following week. So, um, But anyway, so we have all that going on. It's just, you know. I don't really hours. have an excuse. I just i am going to a football game with my dad. So, you know. Yeah, you do have an excuse. I mean, yeah. you know, you got to – that time to yourself is, uh, is important every now and then. So. Nah. But yeah, anyway, about the game, any thoughts on uh, New Oxford? Uh, I haven't really, I haven't really read a ton on them. Um, I just saw that they have a, a quarterback who has like, I want to say, has like seventeen TDs and only six picks or something like that, thousand something yards. I mean, their schedule, you know, obviously the seven and one record is impressive, but you know, some of the teams on their schedule that they have wins over, you know, leads me to believe that you know they're they're a pretty solid club here, um, you know. So it's just kind of hard to tell because there there are no common opponents or anything like that. Yeah, I I mean, anytime. Fort Hill plays somebody that isn't from the area. Generally, there's like they get spotted a certain amount of points from kind of the wing T effect of just a team having not seen that offense ever yeah. before in their lives. Yeah, you know, you can get so, kind of like that with Oakdale, where you know you can just exploit the inexperience with that offense. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you fall behind against Fort Hill, that might be enough. Even if you you know win in the second half or the better team later in the game. It doesn't matter if you fall behind a couple touchdowns in the first quarter. So that could be a, a factor as well. Um, I am curious to see that, you know, if this does, if it does end up being a game and New Oxford can kind of figure out the wing tee and defending it, if Fort Hill goes to the pass like they did against Mountain Ridge. You know, I mean, that yeah. was, what, they attempt 21 passes against Ridge, something like that. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, though, like Fort Hill needs to figure out how to run the football. Because, yeah. I mean, they, they were running shotgun, and they were running, you know, they had Tanner Wirtz in the backfield, and they had a, 
you know, Mike Yelm and uh, Taven Wilson, Tony Palmazano out wide. And they had that, be they were doing that because they could not run the ball up the middle. Right. So, you know, I think if you use that offense, it can't be because you can't do something. Right. Right. You need to be using it. You know, and I obviously think that it was just a last second, just trying to figure out something that worked sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. At Mountain Ridge, obviously, that isn't going to be the, what they're doing the rest of the year. Against Smithsburg, they ran some shotgun um, on, a, on a couple series to uh, mixed results. They threw a touchdown out of it, um, but, you know, that they, they ran the ball more effectively. I mean, obviously, it's against Smithsburg. Right. Know, not the greatest not the greatest barometer for uh, for that, but... You know, they at the end of the day, they, they need to figure out how to run the football before the playoffs. So I think this will be a a good a good test for them to you know against a team that you know has a pulse that you know I mean it's a decent sized school too more than I think it's a more than a thousand kids or yeah. it's like a two A maybe level school yeah in Maryland um, so you know I I just expect it to be a decent game and I also think too I mean bringing up the wing T thing it's like you know Fort Hill's defense. It's secondary specifically if, you know, New Oxford is the kind of aired out team that they look like they are on paper. You know, it's not like Fort Hill, you know, is – like Fort Hill's good in secondary. Oh, yeah, like it's they, not like – They can go toe-to-toe with with a team, you know, a 2A yeah. level team that, you know, is good at throwing the football. They you know, they can go toe-to-toe. It's not like the, if they win, it's only because, you know, wing T inexperience from New Oxford or something. Right, like yeah. It's, it's not going to be, you know, a thing where New Oxford gets the ball and – you know they line up in the shotgun, and it's like uh, it's like what Sy- happens with Syracuse basketball. Like every March Madness tournament, they go in the in the zone, and everyone just like no one has any idea how to beat it. Yeah, that's like, not going to be the case with. Or like Hill. the the Maryland uh, zone break during the entirety, or zone offense, I should say, during the entirety of the Mark Turgeon era, not running a zone offense one time in like a decade. So yeah, I know I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Fort Hill is gonna. Defensively, you know, that, and that is an area that doesn't get talked about enough, I guess, because people want to focus on the the, uh, the the knocks on the offense, I guess. Um, you know, but they're, I mean, their defense is very good. And yeah, I mean, their defense, they only really gave up 16 points against Mountain Ridge before, you know. 17. Or, oh, yeah, 17. Before, yeah. you know, the Miners kind of broke through there at the end with, <coughs> you know, 4-0. I don't want to say they quit, but. You know, there definitely wasn't the same fight as it was right. the first, you know, 38 minutes or so yeah. of the game. Yeah, they go down by nine, they kick the onside kick, don't recover it, and then they take, you know, the unnecessary roughness penalty. And, you know, from there it was just kind of – Yes. The, the writing felt like it was on the wall. So, I mean, that game was really just a tale of Mountain Ridge's offense being a little bit cleaner and its defense being stronger. Yeah, yeah. You know, just marginally better on both sides of the ball. All right, so anything else football-wise before we wrap up here? Not at all, other than, you know, you know, football and some soccer. You know, we got... That's right, yeah. I just yeah. bring up the polls um, just, just because, you know, Mountain Ridge moved into number one in the boys' soccer poll this week after beating Allegheny last week. Allegheny's two, Hampshire's three. They have a... Boys and girls have a doubleheader for the sectional championship against Washington. Both games are against Washington on... Wednesday. I'm not sure if they, or excuse me, Thursday. I'm not sure how many times they, you know, advanced to states, but I feel like it had, they haven't in a long time. So, you know, big day for them. Um, Cal or Frankfurt's at four, and who just defeated uh, East Fairmont um, today, which is Wednesday. 
um, to move to the sectional championship on Saturday against uh, Fairmont Senior, who un I believe they're unbe unbeaten. They have they've won a bunch of you know, or they've been to a bunch of state tournaments. So definitely a soccer powerhouse that you know Frankfurt's going to have a tough test up there. Calvary's at number five, and BW is a they received three votes this week. Girls soccer, Mountain Ridge. Uh, Number one, but they just you know took their first loss of uh you know during non-tournament play, um, losing to Allegheny two to nothing uh, on Tuesday at Greenway. Um, pre pretty shocking game, I would say. You know, given the fact that Ridge had won ten straight girls soccer games, um, you know, just just really impressive uh, finishing by Allegheny. They didn't have a lot of chances, but you know when they did get them, they scored. Hampshire, uh, the only undefeated team in girls soccer and the only unbeaten team other than Mountain Ridge boys soccer in uh, the area is number two in the girls soccer poll followed by Allegheny at number three, Northern number four, and Southern entering the poll for the first time this year at number five. So playoffs for Maryland start on Wednesday with the section or well I guess region quarterfinals um, with this mini region stupid region each like, region has two regions sub-regions i guess is that what they say they should have called them sections like they had it yeah. fine when it was section one and section two but i guess now that each region gets two teams they didn't want to do section i don't know but yeah regardless region i uh quarterfinals are on wednesday which is just one game in the boys one game in the girls and uh, i want to say the bracket for that comes out probably monday i would guess um, I think that's usually when it is. Is uh, I think they usually have the meeting Sunday, and then the poll or the bracket comes out uh, Monday. Um, and then since likely the boys games, the boys and girls games will be at Mountain Ridge and at Greenway, most likely. Um, those games will be on Friday, since the Mountain Ridge football team is on the road next Friday at Kaiser, and the homecoming game is next week. So, obviously, there's nothing at the stadium Friday night. So, um, you know, so that it, it's, it's crazy to think that we are where we are in the season. I mean, it didn't really hit me until I got to Kaiser last week that we were in week seven of Maryland. So. It's kind of, I mean, it's every year, really. Yeah. You know, especially with homecoming being a week earlier now. And, yeah. You know, it just, it just flies by. Yeah, it does. So, uh, last thing to uh, close out here is uh, the Bob Kirk Invitational um, the field had been announced, showcase. but yeah, showcase. I'm um, sorry, <laughs> B the BKIS, not the BKIT. Um, the field was already announced. Um, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, but the schedule for it has been finalized. And uh, so this year, uh, on December eighth, um, they have like a. I don't know. Do you want to call it a showcase game or something? I'm, yeah, I'm like sure. a little, an area showcase. Yeah, with area teams. Yeah, and so. The BW girls play Mercersburg uh, in the very first game. This runs December 8th to the 10th at Allegheny College at uh, Bob Kirk Arena. So um, on Thursday the 8th, the BW girls open it playing uh, Mercersburg at 4. And then uh, at 6, BW plays their first game against uh, Montverde of Florida, who is traditionally a powerhouse and I'm sure, you know, one that anyone who knows anything about basketball has heard of. Literally like 10 five-stars on the team every year. Yeah, just unreal. Yeah, they. Have, I mean, I th they have every year. They have multiple five stars coming off the bench. Yeah, they have uh, the number ten and sixteen players uh, according to rivals this year. So, 
uh, one of them going to Duke, and the other one going to Oregon. So, and I'm pretty I, sure they I had, haven't went down the list any further. So. I thought Montford also had, uh, what's his name, Kwame Evans, I think. Top five recruit in this year's class. They have K.J. Evans, who I assume is maybe the same guy. Maybe. Is he a center? Different guy. He is a small forward. I'm thinking of uh, maybe he plays for IMG. I don't know. Who knows? There's a guy from Maryland who uh, he, he played at Poly two years ago. They went undefeated. And uh, they were, like, nationally ranked as a public school. And he transferred. I, I think he transferred to Montfort, but maybe he, he moved again. Mm. But these kids, I mean, they bounce around. Every, every year, it seems. Yeah. So uh, the nightcap is uh, Legacy Early College um, playing Sunrise Christian, again, another school that is traditionally extremely good at boys basketball. Um, Who won the national title last year? That is actually a good question. Um, Generally, it's Montford. <laughs> And last year, it probably was. It was Montverde. Yeah, that was their sixth Geico Nationals. Uh, so BW opens the their tournament with, uh, or their showcase, whatever. They're with um, the defending national champs. So pretty impressive. Yeah, and uh, I think Legacy. I, if I'm not mistaken, BW had a kid that transferred from Legacy to BW this year. I, I'm not sure on that. His name is. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, but um, we're doing great with names. This we are. This we're do, we're doing great. So uh, December 9th, uh, Southern Garrett boys uh, play Brunswick at four. That's on Friday, and uh, Sunrise Christian then plays La Lumiere on, on Friday at six, and then Oak Hill Academy against Montverde on uh, Friday at eight, and then uh, the final day, the showcase is at the end of the day. Uh, so Lalu plays Oak Hill at two. BW boys play uh, Legacy at four, and the final game is Harkham against Allegheny College. So, if I recall, Harkham's like generally like a nationally ranked yeah. caliber team. Yeah, they've year. been to the national tournament a few times here recently. So, um, should be a good one. You know, don't I, I haven't I haven't talked to Tommy Ream since basketball season last year, so I honestly don't know. You know what ACM is looking like this year. You know, we'll obviously touch base with him. Uh, as the season approaches here, and this will the nice thing about this podcast is this is kind of the place where that kind of stuff can happen. You know, yeah. where we can uh, get those coaches in here, and while we're still in fall season mode, you know, the winter sports season at some places kind of kicks off uh, during fall sports. So you know, we can kind of get them in here and 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 talk to them about their chances this year and whatnot. So speaking of Allegheny College, I don't know if you saw that they had a couple of baseball players that. Or uh, they signed with D one teams, or at least they committed to D one teams oh, really? last year. Uh, St. Bonaventure. Uh, I want to say Julian Jennings, who's an outfielder, and uh, Noah Williamson, who was their like All American oh, okay, pitcher yeah. last year. They both uh, are playing for the Bonnies or hmm. going to. I'm not sure if they're playing this year and then transferring, or if it's like effective immediately. I'm not really sure on that. But gotcha. Just talking about AC made me think of that. Nice, very nice. So, um, you know, I mean, this is this is great. I. It, my interactions with Coach Preet in the past have always been positive, um, you know, regardless of win or loss or if it's just, you know, kind of touching base with him um, heading into the season and whatnot. But he's always, he's always been interested in area basketball and trying to get – I know him and uh, Coach Bosley at Southern have worked closely, and they, they talked last year about getting a coach's clinic mm-hmm. um, going and it kind of being – 
uh, led by Coach Bosley and, and Coach Preet um, as far as like organizing it and hosting it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Coach Preet is always, it's one thing that has really stood out to me about him is that he's taken such an interest in area basketball when, you know, it's not like they're recruiting these kids from right. around here. So, yeah, so that's pretty much all I have for today. So. This was a podcast that I didn't expect would go 50 minutes, and that's where we're heading here. So, uh, We say that every time. Yep, we do. We do. So uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at KyleBennettCTN. I will be at Greenway tonight for uh, their game against Northern, uh, Allegheny's game against Northern. Alex, where can the listeners find you? At A Ritual. And, yeah, so that'll do it for this week. And uh, next week is homecoming week, so we're going to reach out to Coach Hansel, Coach Alkire, and try to get them on the show for homecoming preview for next week. And uh, we'll drop that probably a day early on uh, Friday. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week.